Exodus chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. But when the kindness of God, our Savior, and His love for mankind appeared, He saved us. Micah 6, 8. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with you, God? How does your faith affect the way that you're kind? Join us each week as we dig into God's Word with a guest. And at Revitalized Kindness, we believe that through Christ, we are a new creation, revitalized. And as we follow Him, we can revitalize kindness in our own culture. Welcome to Revitalized Kindness Podcast. My name is Dave Weaver. And I'm Yvette Walker. And welcome to this episode. As we talk about good versus evil, um, as you might remember in our last episode, we talked about Satan in school in the club. Remember the Satan Club? If you watched that or listened to that episode, please, if you haven't listened to it, uh, check it out. It is interesting. That's a good one. And it may become a trend uh, in America just because they seem to want to counteract, not really counteract, they want to have a presence like the Good News Club. So that's kind of the the, uh, opposition, if you will, in terms of the types of clubs. But anyway, that's a good one. And it's and it's kind of this again, this good versus evil thing or theme even with those clubs in some sense, and a lot of people won't look at it that way. But of course, we as Christians, we understand there's this realm of, of, of bad and, and uh, where Satan and the, the things that we can't see, you know, we've got angels and demons. There's so many things that we can't seem so or see. So there's this kind of like this other realm, if you will. But real quick, you know, when I think about good and evil, I think about this 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 ongoing fight that we see in front of us, and it starts when we're kids, and it doesn't stop for a lot of us because we're still interested in looking at all the great movies that are out for superheroes. And there's this, there's even a hey, even within the realm of superheroes and the movies, there is for some people at least. There might be good and evil between DC comics and Marvel comics. You may have a favorite there. But anyway, what I got to ask Yvette this afternoon or morning or evening, whatever time it is, because we're yawning either way. um, (laughs) What is your favorite superhero and why? Okay, these are tough. It was tough thinking of my favorite one. I have to tell you that I, you know, I didn't grow up a comics book girl. I mean, I read Archie, but, you know, that was about it. So recently I have, you know, been enjoying the superhero movie trend, particularly Marvel. So I know Mm -hmm. DC fans don't get mad, Um, (laughs) but, but it was hard to pick a favorite, but I'm going to pick the Hulk. Okay. Mainly because of the Bruce Banner alter ego. And the, for those of us of a certain age, I'm not talking about the Hulk on TV. That was a, that was a different Hulk, but I'm talking about current Hulk. Uh, in the oh, you Marvel. mean Hulk, Hulk Hogan? No, mean- no, oh, no, okay. no, no. I mean, <laughs> no, there was a, there was a Hulk with Bruce Banner. 
on nighttime TV, primetime TV, like, I don't know, the 70s or 80s or something. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I grew up watching that. So not that one, but the current one who's in the Marvel series now. And and I cannot remember for the life of me, the actor's name. Really, really like him. Good actor. I can't remember the most current one. Yeah. I'm not. I mean, it's interesting just because of the way Marvel has taken the Hulk. Mm -hmm. And of course, well, spoilers, because I mean, this is not new, but you know, in the later Marvel movies, Hulk is both Hulk and smart. He's not like crash, boom, bam, Hulk anymore. He's a combination of Bruce Banner. And so I just think that's really interesting. So I would say that combination of Bruce mm-hmm. Banner and the Hulk. Okay. I like that. And, you know, I like that. Uh, <laughs> I think it's with this particular Hulk. And I can't, and I can't swear to it. But I think there's this line where somebody asked him how he was getting his anger under control because anger was what moved him into the Hulk, right? Made him to the Hulk. Yeah. And uh, I think I remember him saying something like, I always stay angry. So mm-hmm. he had to always stay there in order to control it, which was always that was an interesting line or the way that they they shifted that. So here's my OK, my favorite. And this was hard for me, too, because I do. I go between D.C. And, and Marvel, I think Marvel makes better movies. I think DC's done a little bit better with TV shows. Not crazy about the movies, but that being said, mine's a Marvel hero also, and that would be Spider-Man. I grew up watching all the cartoons. Um, matter of fact, with the Disney Channel, you can go back now and watch all those. It's really neat. They actually got some newer ones that I think they came out in 2017, ran it for a few years. Um, but I like that one. Um, I like the superheroes. I mean, there's two things. Uh, I like the superheroes that kind of have that normal earthly like life, you know, they're like mm-hmm. they're living the day to day. You know, you've got your, you know, your Batman who lives as a millionaire. You've got your Spider-Man who just lives as this and then Superman, like Superman going to DC again. But you know, Mm -hmm. those kinds of superheroes that kind of live a day-to-day life, but then have this other, you know, ones that don't come from a different world. Superman did, but lived a lot of his Superman life down here. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I like that because I think there's this connection that I feel like that we're, we're getting with those types of superheroes. Um, and then I I think too, just, it, it seems to always be a little bit lighter. (laughs) um like the uh uh maybe the storylines and stuff because you know he's kind of uh he's younger and so he's kind of got that like that kid spirit or that teen spirit if you will no puns intended you know somebody's thinking about nirvana when i said teen spirit probably (laughs) probably did guys sorry about that um but yeah that's why so on the flip side though um there's villains so we've got superheroes we call them superheroes those are the good in the world and we're always looking to that or for those kinds of people. But about what about villains, though? Do you have a favorite villain? So this again, this also was hard, but I like Loki for a couple different reasons. So Loki is the, I guess, half brother or adopted brother or whatever of Hulk from from that realm. Thor. I'm sorry. Did I say Hulk? Hulk? I meant, yeah, yes, I meant. You I'm like Hulk, the, too. So I don't. know. I know. No, no, no. No, you're right. I meant Thor. Um of that realm uh but there's an interesting backstory to the or a loki character you find loki a couple different places you also find a loki because loki is known as the trickster 
Mm-hmm. But but in mythology, there was also a Loki uh, trickster character. And uh, in the show Supernatural, which is one of my favorite shows about the two brothers who fight monsters uh, and later angels, because in that show, angels weren't always good. There was a Loki character who was also a trickster, but had an alter ego of Gabriel, the angel. Mm. So Loki, like, you know, for me, Loki's kind of deep. Uh, I really enjoy the the trickster aspect of it. Uh, I have not watched the Loki show on, on um, is it Disney Plus? On Disney Plus. Yeah, right. There's, there's, yeah, there's a series now. I haven't watched it yet. I, I want to get into it. But I mean, he's funny. He's, I mean, he's, you know, he's yeah. a bad, he's a bad guy. He's really in it for himself. He's, I, you know, he's just, he, he doesn't care about other people, which is, I guess, what makes him the villain. He just cares right. about himself. He, he does, but he's got like, I, and I need to go back, I think, and watch some of those, all those movies in the, the newer movies with Loki, Thor, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. even in the Avenger movies, of course, you know, we, we see Loki there as well, but sometimes I feel like there's this depth with him too, because he, he will go back and forth. He's going to be straight up villain or he will, will fight side by side sometimes with Thor and has sort of been this good agent sort of, but not really probably. He's, he's, he's got bad. a, yeah, he's got a love hate relationship with Thor right. for sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, when we, when Thor was introduced or when he was introduced, you know, I mean, Loki mm-hmm. wanted to kill Thor. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, there's a, you know, I guess like brothers, right? Is that one like, of that power? I, I don't have a brother, but is that like a love hate relationship with brothers? It's like Cain and Abel, right? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Maybe. All right. So my favorite villain, uh, that was super, super, super tough. You were, we were sitting here talking about this earlier and I really couldn't come up with one until I started thinking back, uh, a little bit further with some of the, and I'm now I'm going to go back to DC, uh, comics and, and Batman. And, and I think Batman overall for me has just had the best villains. That's just my opinion. Of course, my favorite, I think overall is the Riddler. And I think one reason why that is the case is because of Jim Carrey who played the Riddler in one of the Batmans. Uh, and so I'm just a big Jim Carrey fan and a lot of people could do with him or do without him. As a matter of fact, I, I think recently said something about retiring, which is strange. Um, but anyway, you know, getting away from entertainment, that's kind of hard to believe, but he's yeah. been one of my favorites over time. Just mm-hmm. even from uh, in living color till now, just an interesting <laughs> character. He's very um, interesting. So he did, he did some good stuff with that one and that made that, that villain. And I liked it because you said funny with, with Loki, I think. Mm-hmm. And that's one reason I, I, uh, I think I like villains less when I take them too seriously. So that was, that was good for me. Now let's meet well, one last question. If you could hang out with just one superhero for one whole day, who would it be? And what's something that you might do? Well, so this would be a very dysfunctional day, but I would definitely <laughs> hang out with daredevil. Daredevil nice. is also part of the Marvel, not not the not the big M Marvel, but he's a smaller character. Uh, the reason why I think Daredevil is so interesting is because he's Catholic, and he's very Catholic, and will and will tell you that. And he mm-hmm. goes to church, so we see him. And I, and, you know, and I, and I talked about this on an, on a, an episode. Uh, on my show, we see him in church. We see him having a crisis of faith. We see him talking to his 
his favorite longtime priest. Right. He's he's battling his mission to keep New York or his part of New York, Hell's Kitchen, safe. But in doing so, he hurts people. So he's battling with that. So I mm. think it would be kind of cool to hang out with him and see his dysfunction and go to church with him. And nice. <laughs> see, see what that's all about. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yes. <laughs> Daredevil. Love it. And yeah. for me, that's that's another tough question. Um, there's so many that I would love to hang out with just to do super cool things and see them do super cool things. Um, uh, so I'm just gonna throw one out. So I mentioned super or not Superman. Um, I did mention um uh, Spider-Man as being my favorite superhero. That's Marvel. Um Hmm. Let me go with da, 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 da. I'm gonna go with Doctor Strange. And this is the reason why, you know, just to see cool stuff. I think Doctor Strange can do some pretty crazy stuff. Um, you know, he can pretty much make anything appear that he wants to and all of this. Um, so I think that would be kind of cool. Um you know, maybe he can make if it was some of my favorite things like hamburgers or pizza. Maybe he can make something really cool for me there. I don't know. <laughs> I just think it'd be really cool. Um, uh, I don't know. And, you know, I recently saw the movie, the newest movie with with Doctor Strange that you know, I'll be I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to give anybody a review, but it is a little dark. So I will warn you, if especially if you're younger out there thinking about going to see the movie. This is a sort of a dark movie, um, and it really surprised me in that way. My wife and I just went, and, and it was a date night for us, but and we enjoyed our date night. Um, but we left the movie kind of like, we don't know how to feel. There's a lot, of, of course, sorcery and mm -hmm. a lot of like, elements of evil in this movie and so it, I, that movie kind of came to mind too as we're thinking about this topic of good and evil in the movie and i'm not going to give too much away of course no no spoilers as you can see this anywhere but there is two books um that may you may even be aware of if you know many things about this character or maybe some of the comics or whatever but there's this book called the book of ashanti which basically is a, a book of good and there is a book that they call Dark Hold. It's one word, Dark Hold, which is this the it's basically the book of evil, if you will. So you can get, in, I guess, entranced or in a trance, uh, and it kind of leads you to evil if you are near or participate with this Dark Hold book. So much of that particular movie has to do with that and i won't give any of that away but <clears throat> just really interesting and so i was thinking about that that we kind of have in our life and some people don't realize this but as a christian of course going back to that we sort of realize that we have this good god right we have this good god who created all things and he saw that it was good right but then there we had some interference, if you will, to use a sport term. There was some interference by Satan. All right. So one more thing, though, I want to I want to jump back real quick, if I can, uh, back to that that Doctor Strange movie, because it's called Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. There's a lot of interest anymore, especially within the Marvel world of the multiverse. And what is that? And I know that 
just looking it up recently that there have been some scientists that are trying to hypothesize this. So there's really no truth nor facts right now. But then, and there's plenty of scientists in the in the scientific world that are pushing back completely on this idea, saying that I don't personally believe in the Big Bang theory. But many people, many people in the scientific world, though, would say that if if this multiverse thing is real and it's true, then that would throw off all of our theories of a Big Bang theory, which is kind of interesting. So there's a lot of pushback on that. Mm. All right, so. Um, a couple things real quick. Here's a definition of what a multiverse is. And this is going to be relevant to what we're talking about because I'm going to, we're going to jump into scripture and I'm going to, we're going to sort of describe or, or see where we might see evidence of other dimensions. Okay. If you will. Woo, so follow, hang on. All right. Hold on now. So here's a definition for a multiverse, which is a, it is a hypothetical group of multiple universes. Together, these universes comprise of everything that exists, the entirety of space, time, matter, energy, and information, and the physical laws and constants that describe them. Now, we may not always use that word multiverse. There's many, many, many other words that can be used to describe it. I'm going to give you a few real quick, and let me read this. I'll put a link in here where this information came from. Multiverse. Uh, or multi-universes have been hypothesized in cosmo cosmology, physics, astronomy, religion, philosophy, uh, just goes down a list of many, many different uh, avenues, even in literature, which brings us back into the comic book realm, of course. And it says in the, these contexts, parallel universes are also called alternate universe, quantum universes, um, parallel universes. Uh, parallel worlds, parallel realities, and so on and so on. So just so many different names for it. So sometimes we don't actually, maybe not familiar with multiverse, that's what they're talking about. Just another parallel, parallel universe out there. So do we, do we? I mean, can we, we maybe we can't prove it scientifically, but we might, and, and, and I'm going to use this loosely. Okay. So bear with me, guys. Um, we may be able to use scripture to kind of show that there is another dimension out there. Maybe not another quote unquote universe is we, what we think of a, a, as a universe, right? With planets and stars and all these different things that we think of inside a universe. Let me give you a couple verses and let's chew on these for a minute. Okay. So Ephesians 6, 12, one of the big verses that we go to when we think about spiritual warfare, right? Or it's a big chapter chapter six in Ephesians, um, but chapter uh, verse chapter six, verse 12 says this, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So describes another place, and then that's not here. The This is a different dimension maybe not the best word biblically but just another realm 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 and i, and I my accent may not it may not r-e-a-l-m okay in case you don't understand me uh or you out there listening and, and so this speaks of a realm that we can't see right so it's there but we really can't see it and i think sometimes in the multiverse that's kind of the same idea there's this other universe out there that we can't see it but it's there right 
So, all right. That is, what do you think so far? Now, again, I'm not trying to, I just want to clarify. I am not trying to explain the existence of multiple universes or support a multiple universe. I'm barely, I'm just trying to contrast some of the, or maybe not contrast, pull together some verses that may show us there is something else out there. Right. That, what do you think? So I do. Yeah. I definitely think that we have, that we see evidence and scripture of these other realms and the Bible project, those videos, they do a really good job of describing, uh, in, in one, and I can't remember where it is now, but in one book where they're talking about the differences between angels and seraphim and all that, and they start mm. talking about those other realms. So for me, I think the difference is who lives there. Yeah. And I think that sometimes when we're talking about these multiverses in the, in the um, comics or graphic novels, it's, it's kind of people like us, mm -hmm. but the heavenly realms are, you know, there are, there are other beings there that are not us. So right. I think for me, that's the difference, but continue, please. This is very interesting. No, uh, I feel you. And, you know, you just made me think of something else. And we'll look at that here in just a minute. When we think about that difference though, and I'll tell you where to go in case we don't jump back. Cause I know how my mind works. Uh, <laughs> but what you just said Yvette, about this, just different, this distinction, I guess, between the different, we're going to call it character like you and I versus those in that spiritual realm. If you go to Hebrews chapter one, it's really, it's a really good explanation or not really explanation, but there's, there's some more insight, I would say just about the difference between angels, Jesus, and man. So there's, there's, it gives you some distinctions there. I just, and I only recall that because we were talking about that tonight at church. So it's kind of interesting, but, and there is another verse though, well, there's another Hebrews verse. We'll get to that in a second. So let's look at this one. Revelation chapter 21, verse 1 and 2. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So in some sense, they're talking about if we're using that language again, like, like we've been talking about before, there's this dimension that's sort of going to fade away or these, these existences. There's the old earth at where we live now. It's going to be renewed. There will be a new earth. So in sense, we got these new dimensions that have kind of fade away and there's a new dimension created. And then think about even the beginning of time in, in Genesis 1, there wasn't always earth, right? We know that just from in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But so God existed prior to this creation of what we know and where we live, our home, earth, right? Mm -hmm. So there was this other thing and he, and he created the universe, the heavens, he created the heavens and the earth. So there's just, just vastness of there's this creation beyond again, that other realm where we're i guess god's everywhere because you can look at it that way god's everywhere but yeah it's it's kind of it's it blows your mind sometimes when you think deeply about just this other realm that's out there and 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 there and just like there's a distinction between these two places again we're talking about a distinction a distinction ah, i can't talk but we're talking about good versus evil 
And so in that heavenly realm, we think of God and the presence of God, right? A lot of times, and even in Revelation, it gets to that because it talks about, it gives us a picture of what it's going to look like in heaven as the, the angels around around the throne and they're praising and they're worshiping God. So there's this, 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 this picture of greatness and, and goodness um, over our Lord and in, in, in that place. But there's also this picture of destruction and everything that's going to happen here and things will be renewed, but it all stems from what happened again, back from the, the garden of Eden because we sinned and things fell apart, right? So last verse I got for us just to think about this. Uh, this, this was the one in Hebrews uh, chapter 13, verse 2. Um, a lot of people are familiar with this one. Uh, Do not de- neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. So there's almost this sense, I'm going to use the word multiverse. Uh, again, forgive my, we're just, using these, 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 what do you want to call them? These words. Keywords. Um, yeah. The keywords. Angels can travel between these different dimensions. Um, and, and from there, it seems to be some evidence in scripture that sometimes we may be entertaining angels or angels will be among us. Every time I read that verse, it's weird. I always think about highway to heaven. Do you remember that show with of course I do. Michael Landon? Yeah. So I always kind of think about that. It's weird picture and maybe not completely accurate, of course, but it's, I always think of like how he was on earth and he was traveling and everywhere he went, you know, there was always some kind of chaotic situation, but he was there. Or um, touched by an angel. Yeah, I know. That's another one. That's right. Yeah. I remember that one as well. <clears throat> so I, I think overall, just thinking about there's this realm where evil originated Yet it lives among us as well. So thus, good and evil have to be dealt with. So we have to deal with that. We can't just avoid it. You know, as a lot of people will say that pastors just don't want to talk about sin. You know, they don't want to talk about this or that, right? Sometimes that's true. I mean, it maybe not always true, but sometimes it is. We may avoid those subjects, but we really can't through our walk in faith. And we, and again, this season's about being unplugged. And so we're just, we're talking about, about this because again, we, we recognize a, that there is spiritual warfare that goes on. And, um, when we're in that battle, um, between our faith and just living in the world and for the world, or just living for ourselves, thinking inwardly, we know that there is spiritual warfare that is going to make it tough, right? Our walk is going to be tough. And a lot of people say too, if you're doing the right thing and you're living for the Lord, then sometimes that that walk can be even harder um, because the, the devil's going to fight against it. Doesn't want you to be doing that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, there's a um, real quick and I'll break and see if you've got any, any, any thoughts so far with this. Um, there's a quote by C.S. Lewis. And I know it's one that comes up a lot when we think about these types of things as well. It says, if a thing is free to be good, it is also free to be bad and free and free will is what has made evil possible. Why then did God give them free will? Because free will, though it makes evil possible, is also the only thing that makes possible any love or goodness or joy worth having. So 
some people use this this type of argument to say because the question comes up a lot of times we've talked about through the season objections to our faith and stuff and one of those objections is why does god allow evil right Mm -hmm. if he can do if he's all powerful then why can't he just control it and take it all away and such and such god really wants a he wants a relationship with us um that's why he sent his son jesus christ down the cross that's why he sent his his son Jesus, and he lived in the flesh among us, right? And so there's this, there's always been a relational factor in our faith with our God. And that's one thing that makes our faith very unique compared to many other religions out there in the world, is that there's this personal piece, right? And so, like it says there, that, um, in that, in that quote from C.S. Lewis says, it said, again, I'll read that last part because free will, though it makes evil possible, is, is also the only thing that makes possible any love or goodness or joy worth having. And I think, you know, that's kind of the way I think of it when why is evil rampant and why can't God control it? Because he truly gives us free will. And, you know, it it's, not a good situation. We know sins in the world. Sin will lead man and woman and everyone else on the earth uh, to do to do what they uh, to live outside of the will of God. And and so it's just that thing. And so it will spiral out of control. All that stuff snowballs. We've heard of the snowball effect. Well, if we apply that to our world, and, and that's where we're at. Um, I think you, it's really interesting that you bring up free will for a couple of reasons. Um, I agree with C.S. Lewis, who, by the way, I'm actually taking a class on him now. Cool. Really interesting person. And um, um, although I haven't read a lot of his, his books, I'm wanting to get more into that now, Mm -hmm. but I think he's right about free will, because when we make that decision to be good, to follow, to follow God, to receive the joy that he can give to us, Mm -hmm. then it's, it's sweeter than if he would just do everything for you. I mean, just like a parent, you know, Mm -hmm. when you're doing everything for your child and when the child learns to do things for himself, it may, you know, it's, it's such a, it's an accomplishment. It makes every, you're proud of them and they feel accomplished. Right. But the other piece of, I think, free will that's interesting kind of takes me back to the conversation about the multiverse, Mm -hmm. because I can't say that I believe in everything we've been talking about, but I do think that if if God gave us free will and we can decide one way or the other, then it makes, and he, and he, he, knows it all anyway Mm -hmm. it makes sense that there at least can be different timelines that somehow could be in play based on if we decide a or if we decide b if we truly Mm -hmm. have free will and we could decide either one then it makes sense to me that there's a different timeline situation working that god being omnipotent can see can see everything mm-hmm. that would make an interesting movie if somebody took that idea of the switch or the change in what your destination by a decision that you make 
can switch the timelines. That would that make an interesting movie. Well, I mean, it's that, kind of it's kind of like it's not someone making a conscious decision, but it's kind of like it's a wonderful life where if you were mm. not here, these things would not have happened. Mm. But yeah, but I would. Yeah, I don't think they've made a movie where if you made a decision A or B, I don't think but that would be interesting. Yeah, that's my sci-fi mind working. And I, <laughs> that's probably crazy, but there's a lot of crazy ideas out there. All right. So, yeah. But um, so, again, you know, good and evil. Um, it, it, and it's funny because like, so it exists because of really because of the goodness of God. You know, if you think about free will, that's God is good because he, he gives us that. Right. You know, yeah. some people that don't believe in free will at all, and they're Christians, um, but they don't believe in that concept because because of the sovereignty of God, and that gets deep. And there's a lot of division over that, um, so we won't get that deep. But there is just know that there, you know, there are some that just don't believe that that's really a a, a true concept because of the sovereignty of God. And so, I fall somewhere in the middle of that honestly just because i believe that um the foreknowledge of god is so great that he probably knows even if our, in our minds we we change or we make a decision or we follow a certain path or whatever the case is um what might seem very unique to us or might seem unexpected i don't think surprises god at all and um, but at the same time, there are some scripture that seems to lead us to think that maybe God didn't know the outcome, but, but maybe he did. So, and I don't have those in front of me, but so that's an interesting topic. And that's one that I think people will continue to uh, discuss for years and years until Jesus comes. So if you have a list that you're making of questions that you want to ask God when you get to heaven, put that on your list. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, all right, but let's look at a couple things. Good versus evil. How does, how does man, um, or, you know, us here, how do we, um, define that? I found one, one way, at least, uh, through a, and I'll put a link there. This is from psychology today, uh, psychology today. And this is what they said. So there were, there were some more things, but I, I took a couple snippets um, they said good means a lack of self-centeredness. It means the ability to emphasize with or empathize with others, other people, to feel compassion for them and to put their needs before your own. It means if it means if necessary, sacrificing your own well-being for the sake of others. That is interesting because when we look at a good, good God, that's exactly what happen you know he sacrificed his life for us jesus sacrificed his life on the cross um and so there that's in that definition so that's so interesting that that's even a way that psychology today kind of looks at this is a way we look at what good is in the world when you can think outside of yourself and we know as humans it don't matter if you're christian or not because i think sometimes some people look at us like from the outside as Christians, as some sort of superhero, you know, we're talking about superheroes before, but though we can withstand all these things and we should be perfect in rationale, uh, or have a certain type of rationale for things, but we're, we're still human. 
and we're still going to make mistakes. We're, so we're not always going to be super hero like in that, in that way. Um, so we're going to fail. And, and when we do, people are quick to show that or to put that in front. And so, yeah, we, but it is, it's tough, Just, whether we're Christian or not, it's hard for us to not be thinking about our, our own. I mean, what do you think of that? I mean, is that something we can, can we get away from it at all? Things like that. Well, I think that, you know, when you were reading that description, I was thinking, that sounds just like Jesus, (laughs) (laughs) you know? So like, wow, okay, that's good. Mm -hmm. No, you're right. I mean, we strive, you know, we, you know, the bracelets, what would Jesus, you know, do? And we strive to be like him, but we never can be because we are human. We are flawed. Mm -hmm. Uh, I teach ethics in my media class and we, I frequently talk about some of the different philosophers and the one philosopher, Immanuel Kant, who teaches or who taught a, um, a theory called the categorical imperative. And all that is, is do unto others as you'd like them to do unto you. Mm-hmm. And I asked people, does that sound familiar? And I said, you know, it probably yeah. does. Cause this is a Judeo Christian society that we, that we are in, even though there's lots of other people there too, but our foundations are geo a Judeo Christian. So that's, it's not unusual. I mean, that exists in our society from the very beginnings of this, of this, of our, of this world that we live in, you know? And so, um, but I think we, I think we try our best uh, when we fall down. I think, I think the difference between when we do fall down or when we fail and it's going to happen, I think the difference is when we make a mistake or when we do something bad we feel bad about it. Mm. And I think that on the other hand, whether or not the person is truly evil or has uh, a psychosis that, you know, makes that person unable to feel bad about anything. Mm -hmm. um, But they can, those people can do evil, Mm -hmm. not, not everybody. But if you if you do evil and you don't feel bad about it, then, mm. you know, that's the difference, I think, between those of us who fail. Yeah. But we feel bad. Right. You know, there was a um, recent in the news. Um, as a matter of fact, the most recent shooting. Did you hear that? Um, where was that? In, in Buffalo, New York. Right. Mm-hmm. Did you hear about that one? Um, yeah. And and, you know, so there was one thing that just what you said reminded me of this particular guy it is the fact that they said that when they arrested him, he was laughing and almost in a mocking way or something, but he was, you know, it didn't seem to have remorse in other words. And so, right. yeah, there's a definitely an evil. And I think we see it in situations like that. We often politically, we often say, Hey, let's do something about the guns. We go back to the laws and to the guns and everything, but we got to recognize again. And then this is mainly for Christians, you know, I would say, well, not mainly there's others that would probably go down this line as well, but we just got to recognize this evil. And if if there's evil and there's evil in the heart of somebody like that gentleman who did that, then he's going to find another way. If he can't get his hand on a gun, he will find something or she will find something to, um, display that evil or to take the, the, the hatred in their heart for whoever it is. And this guy seemed to have hatred for African-Americans. 
Um, and so that definitely was racially uh, motivated, it seems, from what I've heard so far. Um, but yeah, any of this hatred that we have in our heart. I met a guy today, as a matter of fact, we were in the park feeding free hot dogs. We, we had free hot dogs for anybody who wanted them. And I had a guy come up to talk to me. And he, he uh, originally from Cuba. And he has um, been here for about a year. Um, but he's, you know, he's going to stay in the United States or he's been here longer than a year, maybe two years. But anyway, he's already done his testing and all that. He's an official citizen. But yeah, he was talking to me about the, uh, the presence of, of evil in, in the world. And, um, he, he, he said that not enough people understand who God is and not enough people, um, read the, his word. And, and so those things resonated with me when he talked to me, because I think I think he's right. You know, we recognize there's evil and good and we recognize the reasons why. Um, and I told him, I was like, look, I said, you know, that it is there and there's just so much hatred. That's what he said. That was another thing he said. There's just so much hatred in the world. And I, and I reminded him and he probably didn't even need reminding. But I told him, I was like, you know, that's why it's so neat that. We, we can be a light into the world. And so that's a good reminder for us, you know, just an encouragement to everybody listening to continue to be a light in the world because we need it. People recognize hatred. People recognize the evil. This evil exists and we may not be able to stop it all. I don't think we can, but we can, um, we, we can help, we can help others. You know, we can, um, yeah. I think by spreading the gospel is, is one thing people lose hope and he is the hope. All right, we went on a rabbit trail, but let me give you this one last thing real quick. We were talking about good versus evil in psychology today, and we, we gave that definition. What they say is good, again, self-centeredness, basically, and then in contrast, they say evil people are those who are unable to empathize, and I think I already said that already. As a result, their own needs and desires are of, of paramount importance, so it seems to me then that evilness has to do with, or maybe some of the root of it other than sin, right? Sin's the root. Right. And then maybe that just runs into pride or self-centeredness. Right. And so from the beginning of time, from the book of Genesis, Satan has pushed lies into the hearts and the minds of humans. So we remember the story about the, you know, the fruit in the garden of Eden and, um, you know, Satan's first tactic in the garden of eating or mm -hmm. Eden was to sow doubt in the mind of Eve. Right. right. Um, one article said this since that point in history in, in the beginning in human history, every last person born has had a proclivity to sin, a proclivity to re or reject the truth in favor of what makes us happy in the moment, what feel what feels good and what we prefer to be real. So it would seem then that the root sin inside people, this is what, what it does. It, you know, again, rejecting truth in favor of what makes us happy. That brings us back to surprisingly, and this was from a Christian article, that last part I just read, but it really, it agrees with psychology today. And the fact that evil seems to be a result of their own needs and desires are the of paramount importance. That is the thing that is important. So mm -hmm. that's just to say that we really need to be thinking. I think um, 
really, really need to be thinking about that in our own lives and how that looks. And then, because that seems to be just a dangerous thing. And maybe we don't think of it as that dangerous. We talk about, you know, what, what our needs are and, you know, I'm going to live my best life now and all those things. We kind of think about like what's good for us right now. But, you know, I kind of feel like, I guess maybe one of the questions we could ask is, um, you know, long-term, you know, um, in terms of heaven, in terms of the kingdom, in in terms of our creator, what does that look like? No, no, I, I agree. Um, you know, Christians, Christians are looking ahead. I mean, you know, and, and it, and it depends, you know, I was talking with a couple ladies today. One woman is kind of an expert in eschatology, which is study of, of, um, revelation. Mm-hmm. And she was talking with another woman and they both said, I just can't wait basically to die to go to heaven and see Jesus. I mean, they didn't right. say that they'd say that, but you know, I just, I just can't wait. So, you know, many Christians do look ahead and, and many are very much rooted here and in the now to help people who are here. Now I will say there are many Christians out there who are struggling and, and this, the, the site, the society we live in is tough because they make everything so appealing. Uh, you know, have it today, have it, have it right now, instant gratification, all of that. So it's hard. And I'm not saying that it's not hard, it, but I think that mm-hmm. our, if you were to ask a Christian, our, what we really are, what's our best life, what's our ultimate, it would be to be a good person and to do good on this earth so that we are rewarded in heaven. We are going to do good because we are changed, right? And we talked about that sort of like in the, uh, when, we, when we think about what revitalized kindness means to this whole topic and discussion overall mm-hmm. with the podcast, we're revitalized made new into a new person. And with that, you know, we, we gain fruits of the spirit. And so we talk about, you talk about joy. i talk about, about kindness. And so yeah. we think about those good things. We, we want to serve um, because Jesus came to serve and not to be served. And he teaches us that he, t- he taught us, he taught his disciples that and, and one of the, you know, maybe the strangest ways for us, if we think about in our context, but to, to wash their feet. Mm-hmm. And they were perplexed and they're like, uh, aren't we supposed to be washing your feet? And he, he turned that upside down and he said, mm, think about this. This is what I want you to do basically. And I'm paraphrasing mm-hmm. big time, but he, he wanted to show them that you would be, that's what you need to be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and when you're serving, you've got to think about that in context of the conversation that we've had today with when we talk about the, what's the opposite of being self-serving right, or self-centered, that is to give to someone else, to think about someone else first. Where does that come from? Why, why are we, why would we think that way? Because we know through scripture, we know like the Holy Spirit is going to lead us in this way, but the scripture says, and it makes very clear that the greatest commandment is to love others. Love him first. And that's the first. Second is similar to the first, though, which is to love others as you love yourself. Mm-hmm. That doesn't say to love others, but not as great as you love yourself. See, it doesn't say that. Um, no. So I think it's what people need to realize is that, you know, 
this love that God had for us transpires into this love that we should have for others. And we're serving him, but we're also worshiping God. So I think that's another thing that I think about when we ask that question is too, is like, what should we be doing? Um, we should be worshiping God. And, and, and we do that by what we, well, we can do that in many ways. Really worship can be so in so many ways, whether through song and some people dance, some people just reading over scripture and praising God for the truth that is right. there. So yeah, lots of different ways there. Um, and that, those are the kind of things I'm thinking about. Um, so overall in this conversation, it, there's a sense that, and again, I'm going to use some of those keywords again. So again, I'm not trying to like spin multiverse to you guys. Okay. I know that. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> but in a sense, we have created our own multiverse, right? Mm-hmm. Inside of good and evil. Um, we're almost in, in I'm not saying Christians do this so much as the, as the rest in the world, but almost, we almost in our world and in our culture, we're almost turning that upside down. So what is good is evil. What's evil is good. And so many times in our faith, it's hard to walk strong in our faith because our culture is against the faith. Generally, if you, um, look at many facets of our culture, right. And so it's, it's going to be hard to walk because they're going to, they're going to make the good that we know into bad things. And it's seems kind of weird, but it, it's true. Um, and so just like kind of sort of like we were talking about last week or a couple of weeks ago, when we were talking about the, the Satan club versus the good news club and the Satan club was really trying to make the, the good news club out to be bad. And there was a chart we never we never circle back around to that. We did talk about it, but there's a lot of information out there on the web, but they're, they're trying to make the good news look like, Hey, they're trying to change the minds of and brainwash this, that, and the other. And so no matter what, um, I think those kind of proponents to us, um, in this, you know, well, Satan's going to oppose us and, and Satan's going to use others and other things to oppose us with God and to um, change that. So yeah, in the world today, you you can't even make heads or tails sometimes. In other words, what's good and what's bad, because there's a lot of trickery, I think. And in some ways we almost step out of the universe of God into this parallel universe that changes or works against that, which God put in order ordained good. So again, just this big disruption. I mean, um, you know, whether it be, I'm not calling science bad, but sometimes science is used and a lot of other things can be used as reasons why we shouldn't believe in a God. So that's where it's dangerous. I think I'm not, and again, not calling uh, science or literature or any of those things dangerous in of, in and of themselves, but sometimes the, the, the intellectual communities and such and such will use that against us, the believer to say, Hey, shame on you. You believe in fairies and you know, all these different things. And, um, it's a tough battle. Again, there's that spiritual warfare. So any, any last words of over this sort of vast conversation that we've had? Well, yeah, I, I think that science and God coexist. I think that God created science. I think that he created all the wisdom that we have in the world. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely believe 
in medicine and science and inventions. I believe, you know, I, I, I believe that we should look at that and not scoff that just because we say, well, God will take care of it. Yeah. He has taken care of us because he has given us all this wisdom and he has, you know, caused, you know, very intelligent people in the world to come to conclusions that in turn create things. And he, you know, God is, God is a God of creation. So it's, to me, it's not unusual at all for a God of creation to create beings, to create other things, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, I think it's, for me, it's easy to have them live to coexist or live together um, because it's everything is of him. Science is of him. Literature is of him. Inventions is of him. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree with you. I mean, things, things that, you know, think about science and mathematics, they're always trying to make, um, make sense of things that we see processes in the world. Um you know, um, showing or displaying, or I guess maybe like calculating the, um, the order in things and, you know, and and God is a God of order. And, and, and again, he created us. If he created us, those DNA strands and everything inside us is his creation. If he created the earth, then all the minerals and items and materials that we use to create other things came from him first. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I agree with you. I think, you know, again, I would just say everybody, um, just recognize there is good and evil. When you watch that superhero movie, um, and you like it so much as I do. Uh, um, and I think, again, I think for a lot of people that is fascinating because I think one, I think most of us, are looking for the hero. We get excited when the hero wins. And I'm here to tell you and everybody else that we have the ultimate hero in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the one that stooped down here in superhero fashion, if you will, and saved us from our sins. That, again, as we talked about today, just really destroyed, disrupted, and just really ramped up things on earth causing all of the confusion. Um, so yeah, just know that and, um, think about those things deep. Um, and I would just say again, if you're having trouble in your walk, cause again, we're going back to the, what is unplugged faith and how do we navigate those things? We've been talking about that all season long and spiritual battle is a tough place to be. So if you need prayer, and you can't reach out to us, or you don't feel comfortable, if you don't have a family member, I mean, just just find someone. You definitely can reach out to us with, through the website or through the uh, just the Gmail account that we have, uh, email, revitalizedkindness.com or at gmail.com rather. And so just, you know, if you need to reach out to somebody, I would just encourage you to do that, um, to speak to someone if you're having trouble in your faith, or maybe you stepped away many years ago and um, God led you to this podcast, and now you're like, well, a lot of what they said made sense. I want to know a little bit more. Reach out. Um, but yeah, to have those kinds of conversations with people, it's important. It really is. Like my friend that I met today from Cuba, he recognizes 
that um, there's evil and there's hatred in the world. And I think many of us do, no matter what side of the tracks you're on, you, you recognize and see the hatred. But there is hope in the world, and that's Jesus Christ. So from that, I, we will see you next time. Thank you all very much.